Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, everybody? This Welcome to the Post-Sunday Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra. I am here along with a crew. I'm, I'm, it's, it's getting intense, man. These are legendary guys, but I'm here with Pastor Tim Grandstaff, Pastor Tad Grandstaff, and Pastor Chad Harper. I'm your favorite. What's up, fellas? How y'all What's doing? Up? Good. We got the whole crew. I'm back from a cruise. We got Don't a lot look to talk tan, about. though. I, I didn't lay out in the sun too much. <laughs> It was more like let's I did get some shade. photos of that, but let's lay in the shade a little bit. On, <laughs> I did on get the vacation. photo of him laying on the deck with nobody else in chairs, <laughs> and it's like, okay, so he's outside at six a.m. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, I went to the gym minutes. every morning at six a.m. Nice. I'm on the fuego. All right, by six fifteen, he's laying in a chair asleep <laughs> on, the, on the deck. That was leg day. Yeah, that was, that leg was day. done. <laughs> Margarita, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude all right uh, this is great this is great Yeah, we don't know if there are any guardrails oh my today. gosh so we, they might mm. all be off for all of our listeners new subscribers right, church members parents be ready. family members <laughs> friends you might not want your children this. hearing this today yeah, this right. podcast is will be this, uh, this might be the unfiltered <laughs> we need a rating on this yeah. podcast <laughs> well, johnny take the next 10 minutes and let's tell us how, go how they can follow us let's go let's go <laughs> well listen uh really appreciate you guys joining in if you're new with us this is basically hosted by genesis church orlando and we uh it stems out of our sunday messages we we wanted to continue the conversation and provide some practical applications application, questions, et cetera, for you guys to take on with you throughout the week. So please follow along with us uh, at Genesis Church Orlando on YouTube. You can follow us there live. Uh, this is where you're going to get a lot of our conversation from. Uh, from this past Sunday, Pastor Tad Grandstaff was with us, so he's going to go a little bit deeper into his word. You can find, a two, find us too on Facebook.com uh, backslash Genesis Church Orlando, as well as Instagram too. You can follow us there. But uh, let's get right to it, man. I'm really excited to have you guys joining along with us. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. But we continued on the never-ending story uh, series, year-long series that I think is just fascinating because we're just really diving into a lot of characters. Um, and we've continued our conversations with Jacob. Uh, Jacob, uh, Pastor Chad spoke last week on Jacob and Esau, their relationship early on. And Pastor Tad was able to come in on the back end and just really talk a little bit more deeper on Jacob. So um, yeah, let's kind of let's kind of get that rolling. Yeah, he 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 began with obviously a story of brothers. Yep. And here we are, brothers. As we're across the table from each other, so that we're not <laughs> side by side, according to his story yesterday. Because <laughs> growing up, if we were ever side by side, we were throwing blows with each other. Oh my god! And um, the the best part is that the stories that no one knows get told when brothers and family come together. Man. So, you know, he decided to pull an epic story out. If you were so with good. us yesterday, 
Um, tell a little bit about the story. So that's good. And, uh, <laughs> well, first let's of all, let our listeners see the backside. I'm of not us even sure if I ever threw a first blow. Let's just uh, be honest. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, it was retaliation blows, yeah. and so I used to get Big popped brother. first. Uh, me and Chad were talking yesterday about we used to have dunk competitions at the house, oh and um, Tim could I dunk on anybody. That. And I could dunk on anybody until I dunked on Tim. And then as soon as I did, we were throwing blows, you know. And that's usually how it went, you know. Or playing yeah. video games. If I beat Tim, then it was oh game God. on, you know. Yeah. Anybody so, could beat Tim is fine. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, but Tad, I could ever Tad beat tries? Him. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she was yeah. out of control. See, we didn't get to that point. I got one brother, too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I, I didn't go to blows, though. Like, oh, you guys, time, it's yeah. crazy, bro. So, so they, they started and ended. Yeah. started beating each other and ended it as well. The extra details of stories that don't even get told so he, he's talking yesterday about us fighting while driving to sunday night church yeah you know so we're we're, we're our church is on this massive hill yeah so we're going down this big hill throwing blows coming up the oh, side of the next hill to the driving church. bro i'm driving we're, we're we're just punching the daylights out of each other he's hitting me i'm yelling you can't punch the driver so i'm punching it back you know and and we get into the car parking lot we realize we can't go into church looking like this. And it was a youth event, so mom and dad are back at the house. And uh, so we get back in the car, we go home. You know, he tells a part about coming up to the house, and they're listening. We hear boys to men playing out of our house. Oh, hold on, hold on. People so, <laughs> This right is there. what's is. going on right here, <laughs> so baby. Is, I'm for real, y'all. I'm for real. We're looking at each other like, dear God, whatever we walked into. You're high school. You don't want to know. You just don't. But you, you have to understand where, the, where it was playing from. Yes, see, this is the part. So, so this is playing the from their room. It no. was out of my room. Oh. We, we, had the only, we had the only CD players in the house. My parents didn't own a CD player. Here's the other thing. They took the CD no. from me yeah. because they're telling me, obviously, Obviously, you're you a high school student. <laughs> you can't listen to a song that says, I'll make love Dude, to you. Yeah. That is so they take it from me, then they put it in our CD players, which just puts new pictures <laughs> no. in your head. Okay? <laughs> Visuals I don't need. Not only do we leave to go... Oh, Remember this part, dude. Mom had baked a cake for the, something the at the student event and put it on the back seat, and we didn't know it. <laughs> I don't remember this remember part. That part? No. So it was all in the floor, <laughs> icing everywhere. That we we had to go clean out of the car because we couldn't even deliver the cake to the Swerve event we were supposed to go it. to. Oh, so dude. on top of all that, we have to lie when we come back home that oh. the cake has been delivered and made it to the church. Oh, oh so you double sinned, y'all oh, double triple sin. Kids on all levels. Then a few days later, we were raking the lawn with my dad, and my dad is humming. I'll make love to you. And we're, going, we're looking at each other like, like oh my I got God. one question for you, Tad. Okay. Did you sleep in that bed that night? <laughs> Man, no, I was scarred for life. Scarred for life. Yeah, we have stories. Uh, when I say awesome. stories after stories, yes. stories that we don't tell our own kids yet. Like you're looking at your kids going, not till you're a certain age. <laughs> Can you know these stories yeah. about us? And and some of them we made the most foolish decisions in, as Tad said yesterday, and others we made in the moment we made wise decisions that could have ended up really bad. I was yeah. thinking today, there's one time we came down here to Orlando, all of us. Yeah. And we got this 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 for us it's this epic picture. Chad's always had a Jeep, convertible Jeep. We're at Daytona Beach. We're all outside in our boys to men, uh, you know, our backstreet boys pose <laughs> on the beach beside the Jeep and it's spring break. So these girls come up to us and they start talking to us and they're like, "Hey, meet us here tonight this evening back in Orlando." 
Well, I don't know the name of the nightclub now that that it is. It was down at Pleasure Island. It was Pleasure. Oh, no, no. It's, it's a different one. It no, was Firestone or, or, yeah, no, or something uh, like that. So we're Zuma back in the day. We're Christian. We're we're, we're 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 Christian school kids, Christian college kids. So this is not like a lifestyle we roll into. However, if we were to be honest, like the curiosity of like what's that lifestyle like is always there and it kind of draws at you and we see that with our own kids today we and so like you're dance, you're so playing like, that game <laughs> and we're like good. maybe we should go meet these girls it's spring break like we're guys we're single their girls are single whatever and we we battle this all evening you guys remember this oh, yeah. and we decide not to meet them the next morning we wake up and the first story on the news is that that club got raided drug busted that night and like 50 some people oh got arrested gosh, and we're looking bro. there at each other going, thank God we finally made a right choice because yeah. we would have been there oh, been when the, the raid but, happened. But let's talk about why we didn't go. If you remember the story. So, so we didn't grow up beach kids and we put baby oil on. Do you remember this at the beach? We put oh. baby oil on and we sat outside all day Toasty. and we were so burnt. We have that picture. We were, <laughs> I have that picture Chad on my phone. Was laying in bed. Oh, Literally yeah. with third degree burns on his body, he oh, couldn't yeah. move. He just laid in bed. Wow! <laughs> so we oh my god! We made bro. a really stupid decision on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I can't. Nobody touch me. I'm on fire. Oh, so, Tad Wait, fell this is a true story. Tad fell story. asleep in the back of my jeep on the way from Virginia yeah. to or like with his arm on mm. his head, <laughs> just laid out in the back of my jeep, and that dude woke up. His entire face is burnt, but he has this white streak on. Now, is this the same trip that we ran out of gas? Yes. And we ran out of gas. Now, that was not our fault, technically, because we tried to get gas like three different times back in, you know, the the, late 90s, I guess, when that was. So gas stations closed. So we tried like three or four times. And Tim and I had done the trip so many times, we knew exactly where we needed to get gas. And so the best is, I don't know, maybe it was Renato, I think, was with us. He had those cigars. Yeah. And so Tim followed us that trip in uh, in your white car. You remember that? And so we ran out of gas. So Tad and I are in the Jeep, like sitting on the hood, just like chilling under the stars on the side of uh, 95. So Tim goes up to uh, Palm Coast, gets a milk jug, and then we come back. So now we're trying to put the milk jug gas in the thing. Tad lit up a cigar. <laughs> he got it dangling out of his mouth while we're trying to put this gas in. And I look at Tad, and it's like it took probably 20 seconds for us to realize, like, this ain't smart. No, that ain't smart. <laughs> like, like, we got to extinguish this little cigar. But, I mean, just little we, stupid stuff like that. We are the That's epitome. That's so awesome, bro. If God's we had grace. social media back then. Oh, oh man, gosh. I wouldn't be here today. We there's would no not question. be here, no. and we would be in so much trouble. No, there's no question. And so we do have a little bit probably more grace for some of the stupidity we see. Yeah. People do. Um, not not approving it just because of some of the things we made, which is fitting for the story and really where Tad went yesterday because yeah. that is the the true essence of not just our lives um, and there's much deeper things there, you know, in, in our in testimonies and all that stuff of God's redemption, That's you right. know, from from our past, That's from right. the choices, from the the stupid decisions, the bad ones, the not so good ones. Sometimes you just fumbled along and made the right one, yeah. but God somehow looked at all of us and said, "I'm going to tap all of you, yeah. and I'm going to use you for a bigger purpose." That that's you know really what brought us into this Jacob and Esau story. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, which you, I mean, again, you you just worked it right through with with that, you know, in correlation with your relationship with your brother, but. Uh, you kind of began the story with uh, just Jacob wrestling with with God, and kind of talk to us a little bit about about yeah. that, and yeah. 
you know, what, what was your thought process in just preparing? Like, what have you gathered through that, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, the story really, really resonated with me just yeah. because I think growing up, I mean, we read stories in the Bible, and sometimes we just read them in, in like just verse by verse, and you kind of go through it, and you don't get the full context. Mm. So I think trying to prepare for the message, I was like, how would I have felt in Jacob's position mm. coming into that family at that time, that day, raised where a brother just beating you out of the womb by seconds? Yeah. Is the blessed birthright kind of has the identity of the family. This blessing is going to carry on and feeling like, how do I find my purpose now? Who am I? So I kind of connected with that a little bit of just trying to figure out how would I have wrestled with that? But I think as Tim talked about somebody who really wrestled with God a lot in my life, you know, I grew up same situation, but grew up church kid, but really rebelled against this whole idea of really chasing after God kind of where I grew up. It seemed like God was everywhere. Like we were in a bubble. We were at church, you know, every day of the week. Our our church was where our school was. And so we were really there seven days a week, chapel three or four times a week, Bible class every day. And I just got to a place where I was like, God's everywhere. I don't I don't I don't want to do anything with this any longer. Mm. So I kind of wrestled. I I know just kind of the journey of running away from God. I had to run away from God to really see how much I needed him. You know what I mean? And so part of my journey was getting really far away. And then seeing like, oh, I actually do need God. You know what I mean? And so I think part of that journey was watching Jacob, even though he had moments of his life, as Tim talked about, where God has still blessed him. And I can look back over my life and see God's grace and God's blessing. But definitely saw that that still running, running from something. And there was a good portion of my life where I still just been running, running from my past, running from situations. And even in the past few years, you know, even I would say in the past, you know, year for my life is still things that I've realized that I've still been running and wrestling from that God's in some few moments had to just kind of stop me and say, we're going to have to deal with this right now. And it's going to be painful, but until you deal with it, I can't take you further in, in, in our relationship. And so I think that story for me has just kind of resonated in just our life growing up, um, in my, my personal journey. Um, but just really trying to find your identity, not in what you're making yourself, but the identity that God has for you and the freedom that comes in that, you know, that's good. So. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, obviously he has this interaction. He leaves him with a wound yep. that is forever reminding him of his time with God. Yeah. And so, uh, talk to us a little bit about just kind of the, the aftermath of that and, and just how, you know, how you came across on Sunday's message through it. Yeah, you know, one of the things we talked about yesterday is how, how God had allowed his hip to be wrenched and it caused yeah. some pain. Yeah. And I, I got asked after the service yesterday a little bit, which I think will be a great conversation, is does God cause pain? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't explain all the complexities of God, what God can do and can't do and what he causes. I, I don't know necessarily if God causes pain in your life. I think God's a gentleman, and I don't think God's going to kick a door down and, and rush into our life if, if we don't invite him in. And so I think a lot of times we make godless decisions, mm. and I think God will allow us to make those godless decisions that lead to pain because he knows once we get to the end of that place, we're going to realize that we've done that on our own or we've, we've gone to that place on our own. And so that pain sometimes is this idea that I haven't had God's provision and protection because God hasn't been part of this. Mm. And so I look back over my life and I think about relationships or decisions we've made, and, and sometimes they've, they've led to a hurtful or painful place. And God allowed that to happen in his grace. I think I can still see where he protected me, but that pain drove me to a place of saying, okay, this isn't what God wants 
I run back to God. God must have something far greater for my life. And so I, I do think sometimes he allows those situations, but I can even see, even in some of the painful situations that could have easily destroyed my life, I can see how God still protected me. And I think you talked a little bit about last week that even, even in our flaws and even in our mishaps, God has this way of protecting us. And we talked about it. I mean, moments of life that I look back and I'm like, I don't know, there's some moments I probably shouldn't be here from, you know, there's wow. some moments that I may have been locked up from, you know, why did God protect me even when I wasn't living for him? And I can't explain that yeah. grace of God. Like there, there's times that it, God almost kind of steps back and says, it's, it's you. And there's moments where God's like, hey, I'm still going to protect you in the midst of this because I got something greater for you down, down, down the road. And wow. so the hard part about pain is that sometimes we cause that pain. And then sometimes other people's godless decisions have caused pain in our life. Yeah, that's good. And and so that's that's that that struggle, right? Of like, why does this happen? Well, again, because we live in a in a world where God's given us free will, and people have made godless decisions that have caused pain. But the good news about that is that God can still restore and redeem somebody else's godless decision as well in your life. Yeah. Well, I think too. I think the the mis the misunderstanding uh, is because I feel pain, God wasn't protecting. Yeah, and it's like. Good you know, even through pain, God's still protecting. Cause I mean, Jacob was wrestling God, right. An angel, whatever. Like he was in all that, all, all the only pain he felt is his hip. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the, and so a lot of times people will feel pain, sense pain, you know, and they're like, where's God? I'm in pain. And it's like, okay, we'll take God completely out of that equation. That's right. And there'd be death. That's mm -hmm. right. So pain, even though you feel pain, you still can be under God's protection. And I think sometimes a lot of people, you know, they don't see it like that. Jacob could have, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he, he's, you know, just like that done, but yet he walks away. Yeah. Yeah. He walks with a limp, but he walks away and called himself you know? blessed yeah. through it and said that God spared his life through right. it. So he saw it as a blessing. Like God spared me in this, not God harmed me, but I needed this moment. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of the story was really a, a, a point of humility. It was God was, was showing his power. He was showing what he possessed and he was showing Jacob, you're not in control. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm in control, and, and, and you need to submit to me. And I think that's really the right. reason we're doing this is to bring clarity to those moments yeah. because we don't get to unpack all of it just in a Sunday service. So right. someone came to me after the service and was like, "Can are you trying to tell me God can harm me?" Yeah. And I said, "I said, listen carefully. God doesn't harm you, but God will humble you. That's right. And there's a difference between that. And then they said, "Well, God doesn't test you." And I said, "Ah, ah, ah." I said, that's not what the scriptures tell us. And mm -hmm. you could tell they were very confused. And they said, well, where? I said, Deuteronomy chapter 8 takes the Israelites through the desert. And he yeah. says, the reason I took you through the wilderness for these 40 years to was you? to test you and know what was in your heart. Mm -hmm. So God doesn't test you. I mean, God tests you. He doesn't tempt you. Yeah, James right. tells us that, that's the brother right. of Jesus, um, in his writings. So God doesn't harm you, but he will humble you. And he doesn't tempt you but he will test you and i i love the story of jacob and esau and i love it for this reason because it really is the foundation for me starting genesis church and many people don't know that when i was wrestling with god for two years over mm -hmm. starting this church and i mean i was in a wrestling match with god i had a counselor in my life because my marriage just had tension in it because i was in turmoil you don't wrestle with god right god mm -hmm. always wins that's, that's right. just that's right Put that up front now. That's not a, you know, that doesn't give away the story. Yeah. God always wins. Um, my counselor gave me a book that if people ask me, what are your top leadership books? It's probably the first one I mention every single time. It's called Leading with a Limp by Dan Allen. That's Alimer. right. Yep. 
And I, I've read that multiple times and my counselor gave it to me and she said, you read this. And if you are still wrestling with God by the end of this book, then we need to have a serious conversation as to why you're not obeying him. Wow. And I went away for 10 days to Memphis, my mother-in-law's house with my wife on vacation. And I woke up, I was asking God, God, I need you to put on a billboard. I need to wake up today and have a phone call from someone I don't know saying, hey, you don't know me, but this opportunity's open up. God, I need it that clear. And I wrestled with God. And the book is great because it, it gets to a point, I think it's like chapter 10, I don't know, 12. And literally he says, if you still don't have a fire in your belly after everything I've told you in this book, put the book down. But if the fire's still there, these last few chapters are for you. <laughs> and he goes on to talk about there are no great leaders who don't have a limp. That's right. None. And when I read that, I began to think about all the great leaders I have followed in my life. Yep. And all of them have some type of tragic moment mm-hmm. in their life. And so you're not going, well, I welcome that. You know, I want that in my life so I can lead great. It's just somehow God uses that tragic moment in their life, yeah. that limp for his glory and for his honor. I mean, all of us around this table have a limp. That's right. Chad loses his mom. That's part of his testimony. My brother's got a, a past. We've got inside of our story, you want to talk about harm. Our grandfather, who was a pastor, shot and killed my uncle in a hunting accident. You want to spin your wheels on that when you're in high school. God, how yeah. could you allow a man of God to cause harm and kill his own son yeah. in a hunting accident and try to theologically answer all those questions in your head. You've got the story in your own life of your, of your twins being born. Every one of us at this table have some type of tragedy we have walked through. And that has somehow been what we have used in our own ministry to come out of. And so that whole idea of leading with a limp is a beautiful, beautiful picture that we find in Jacob. And as Tad said, his identity was his past, but his new name became his future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. do this, and I know Johnny, you're the host, but no, I'll ask go a for question. it. Dude. So, um, I think I think clarity on what does it mean to wrestle, because I think a lot of times people think arguing is wrestling. Mm. So I'm arguing with God, or I'm trying to. I want my way, and so I'm I'm literally coming up. What like, I mean for I mean Tad, you can answer. Like yeah. what is wrestle? What does that mean, Tim? When you wrestled with God to start from, like, what does that look like? What, you know, I think God first invites wrestling. I think, I think he, he invites it in and I think it's a WWE match. I think it's fixed. Right. Yeah. And so I think he invites it in and I, whether you believe that or not, but it is fixed. Um, and I, I think, I, I think at the end he's going to come out victorious. Yeah. And I think, I think he sets it up that way because he wants us. I think he, he thrives in the wrestling. I mean, he realized that, that we're human people. And I think in the wrestling, it breaks us down. It brings us to a place of humility, and it shows in all of that, like even in my own life, the most difficult wrestling seasons, I've experienced the grace of God in ways that I, I would have never experienced. And, and again, they're painful moments, right? Like I've walked through some painful seasons of life, and I look back and I'm like, I don't want to walk through that necessarily again, but I know this, I'm closer to God now than I was if I would have not gone through that. And so you look at those moments, you're like, these, these are necessary part of the journey. And so I think there's an invitation that God wants us to wrestle with him. You, you talked about the whole concept of, of leading with the limp. I'll be honest with you. I was terrified as a young leader of that principle because I think everyone I had seen that God was using greatly was, was wounded greatly yeah. in ministry. And I used to be like, I don't know if I want you to use me great. Like, like I'm, I'm kind of content with just being an okay leader. Because if that's because the result. I, right? Yeah, if I, I got to walk through some serious yeah. pain. 
I'm not in, in order for you to, I don't want to, I mean, we'd watch, you know, even, even our pastor who came from in Georgia go through some tragedies and I've watched multiple things that had happened in the time that were there and just watching the wounds. And I was like, I don't want to, if I want those wounds, but now I look at it and I'm like, man, those, those wounds are part of the story, but those wounds have made me stronger in him. I don't come out on the other side of that. Like, look how victorious I am. Look how strong I am. I come out like I'm so much stronger because I need him so much more. And I'm depending on him so much more. And if it wasn't for the wrestling match, I would have never really discovered how weak I was to begin with. You know what I mean? And I think that's really what the wrestling match invites for so many of us. I, I was doing some research on the whole wrestling thing, and there's a quote from uh, Martin Luther, and he says this, If you push with persistence and get past the resistance, what you'll find with God is not indifference. What you'll find is the benevolence of his eminence which is a pretty strong quote, right? Yeah. And so that's what you discover in the time with God is that we think God just wants to push us away. And what we discover is when we're wrestling with God, he's just pulling us in close. We're the ones yeah. fighting. It's kind of the story I told <laughs> with my daughter yesterday. Yeah. of I, I scooped up in my arms and I carried down the beach and she was just wrestling with me. I never wrestled with her once. I just held on to her. Yeah. And she just fought me until she finally gave in and just surrendered to my strength and power as her father. Yeah. And when she could kind of just release the fact of like he loves me he's embracing me he's holding me he's got me she could relax and i think the wrestling match sometimes yeah. is like hey just i got this yeah. you just got to trust me stop yeah. being so worked up stop trying to manipulate it stop trying to make it happen stop trying to make the marriage work by yourself stop trying to get all the health stuff by yourself stop trying to get all financial stuff to yourself like just stop wrestling and just trust me but we we like to wrestle and you said it well last week chad and even the podcast um the last episode you see Jacob lives with very little peace yeah. in his soul. We yeah. talk about that a lot. And when you're wrestling with God, that is what is completely empty. Yeah. Yeah. And you know it. And yet it's funny because we're talking about wrestling with God. Like if anybody ever said, hey, I'm going to put you in the corner. I'm going to put God on the other side. You want to you wrestle with him? Like you laugh about that. Yeah. But then we turn around our stubbornness and we're like, yeah, I will. I'll wrestle God. And I'll, I'll wrestle him to the point of disobedience if I need to. In our, in our pure stubbornness. And I think that like that can't be overlooked in the story of Jacob of maybe he doesn't have a limp if he doesn't have an all-out wrestling match with God. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. maybe if he just tussles with God, it's not as, <laughs> as bad. But somewhere along the line, he was wrestling to the point where God's like, okay, you keep thinking that you're going to overpower me. Now I'm going to make you walk with a limp. And for the rest of the life, you try to stand strong and firm and balanced in front of me to push me over. Now you're not even going to be able to walk straight, you know, yeah. and I'm going to remind you who's the all powerful God. And people don't want that side of the story. It's like, well, the God of the old Testament, I don't want, I just want the Jesus of the new Testament. Yeah. And, and yet it's all of God's story and God is God and he is all powerful. And therefore we have to take that into consideration. You know, one of the things that I love within this story, and this is where maybe we can kind of open it up a little bit more is that there's actually two times where Jacob has these encounters or, or th these moments. Genesis 28 is the, the, the story of Jacob's ladder. He, he has mm -hmm. a dream and it's, you know, angels coming up and down from heaven. And uh, I've, I read a great book on this years ago. And in Genesis 28, 16, he wakes up and then he says this, he says, surely God was in this place. And I, I didn't even know it. Yeah. So, here he is in a place, and the first time he has a vision from heaven, he's like, 
my eyes are not even aware to see that God is actually already present with me. Mm. So it's this awareness. How many times do we wander? Because that's what he's doing. Yep. Because of his decisions, he's now in this life of wandering. Yep. Now he's ended up in a place and he's like, I went to sleep here last night, had no clue God's already here. That's right. And now he has to be awakened to that awareness. The second time he goes to sleep, you know, Genesis 32, now he wrestles with God and is, I want to know your name. So it's, God, I wasn't even aware you're here. Yep. Now tell me your name. You can see this wandering and wrestling in his story because there's no peace. And as you're saying, for me, clarity in my wrestling for two years was hearing God say, this is what I'm going to do with you. This is what I'm going to do with you. This is what I'm going to do with you. And as Tad said, I'm going, I know what this did to pastors. I know what this did to families. I've seen pastors, kids and live that life. That's right. I don't want my family in this. I don't want the tragedy that comes along with this. I don't want the heartache. I don't want the staff members that come and go. I don't want the church people that say they love it. Then they dislike it. And, and, and you're, you're doing that your whole life. I don't want that lifestyle, God. And so I fought it and fought it and fought it. But the peace the peace that I was looking for, I couldn't find. I wanted to stay in the job I was in. I started taking a, a interview for another job up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like, I'll find my own way, God, for that peace I'm looking for. And God's just going, you won't find that peace till you drop your knee and you surrender this right now. Yeah. And I had to get to that point. And really, that is the the birthing of Genesis Church was I was in a service where we were learning about the trumpet call of God. And I had been looking for it on the billboard, looking for it on the phone. I had had a friend say, maybe you're not listening to the still small voice. And I listened to this guy talk about the trumpet call of God. Sometimes he's blasting that trumpet for you to come in this direction. And in that moment, the brokenness happened. I was like, I got to go home. I got to tell my wife, we have to do this. Mm, and that was the night that Genesis Church began in our lives and in our hearts. Wow. That's good. That's I think it's crazy good. in uh if you if you look back and just the way that my mind works because I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but um, it's true. Like <laughs> appreciate that. Um, so the 32 where he says, "Tell me your name," and it, we didn't even talk about. There's so much in the story we haven't talked about, but like he stole the blessing. Yeah. So he deceived the birthright, but it ended up stealing the blessing, and that was what his dad asked him. Mm -hmm. So when he went bedside, that's right. You know, his dad said, "Hey, what is your name?" Mm -hmm. And then yet. You know, and then what, a couple chapters later, God's asking him the same question. So mm. I think what you That's did good. yesterday with the power of the name, mm -hmm. you know what yeah. I'm saying? is here he's, you know, that's, it was asked to him numerous times. And I think when God finally asked him, you know, for the final time and he changes the name, yeah. you know, he said, you will no longer be defined that way. That's good. But so many times I think in, in the story we see just the connection. And I think that's part of the never ending story. What we're trying to do this year is tie it together because not to fast forward, but I'm talking about Jacob Sunday, right? No, I'm talking about Joseph. Joseph, yeah. But I have to talk about Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, right. then, then I talked last week about Jacob and then how was his dad Isaac so deceived? That's right. You know, and That's then right. it's like, well, maybe because Isaac had daddy issues because his daddy tried to kill him. That's right. You know, so and then it's, Jacob it's, doesn't learn, and then he's got issues because he has a favorite son. You exactly. know what I mean? You see the generational sin passed down. It's literally just yep. that at some point, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to really just, just surrender the fact that this is so tied together. Yeah. You know, but you, the 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 guys don't learn. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it's you, they don't. And so little by little, and I mentioned last week, which I think was great. You actually mentioned it yesterday that, fr- um, you know, the king, uh, Herod the Great, that ended up killing, trying to kill, you know, the babies mm-hmm. came from Esau. Yeah. And you mentioned yesterday yeah. from Jacob, you yeah. know, the other brother comes the savior. That's well, right. That's the, 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 the story I think that people, they lose is that just because you surrender to God, doesn't mean all the earthly consequences no. and results of your decisions ultimately change because so it, well, it's not a trade-off with God. Right. God, if I give you my life, you'll take away all the consequences. You know, God, if I give you my life right now, you'll take away the DUI charges, no, right? Like right. that doesn't work. But what you realize in the story, as you said and alluded to even last week, that idea of Jacob deceives, then he gets deceived by Laban. Right, so mm-hmm. you 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 reap what you sow, but it's not just his decisions that leave him wandering without and without peace. It's also Esau's, That's right. right? So Esau becomes really the leader of the Edomites in Scripture, and here's the crazy part about that is that Israel is forbidden to attack the Edomites in the Book of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. However, the Edomites continually attack. The Israelites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saul has to go fight against them. King David has to come up against them. Um, they own the king's highway, which means all the trade came through Edom. And at one point, they reject the Israelites to even come through and trade. Oh. So you see the, the decisions of these two brothers, yeah. both of them. Generational. But, both of but, them but flow all the way we'll to We'll go the all the way back, though, to Abraham. He's got two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. And Ishmael yes. has 12 sons. Isaac has 12 sons. Yeah. Yes. Ishmael is the father father of Islam, yeah. right? And then you got Isaac, who Jesus comes from. And yeah, so you sure. look at the split and divide over that comes, and, and then you see it just get passed down over generation, over generation, over generation, and you get to the Joseph Which is story. where people would happening. say they're, they're the same religion. They both came to the same place, and yeah. that's where people don't understand. No, they don't. Yeah. God didn't send, you know, that's right. Muhammad. That's right. He sent Jesus. That's right. That's and that's you right. can track this biblically because part of their story comes from the Bible, but then they detach it and create their own story. And that is where people get lost if they don't understand. That's why we're taking people through the story of God right yeah. now so that you see this thread playing out. And and the amazing part in the redemption of this, and Ted did so well yesterday of really talking about that. And I know he talks about this because of his own personal story. Mm-hmm. Like I know that it obviously is his brother. You know, that is how he really, really came to God was finding that true redemption. So the beautiful part is anybody listening and anybody watching yesterday or, or there with us that has that piece where I feel so attached to my past. I can truly tell you that he's a living example of God's redemption and transformation. Um, But you get Jesus in in the book of Matthew, the the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection. They come up to him and they start questioning him about it. Like what is the resurrection? And they don't even believe in it. So obviously it's a mockery. And so Jesus comes back to them and says, you don't even know the scriptures. You have no idea what the scriptures are. You, You think that you do, but you don't. And then he tells them this. He says, I am the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the living, not the God of the dead. It's amazing to me that he includes Jacob in it. Mm-hmm. He could have just said, I'm the, the father of Abraham, Isaac, David, but it's always Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob. Mm-hmm. always Crazy. in scripture, the patriarchs, 
is in that order. So like we said in Romans, when Paul says, you are not the root, the root supports you, that root is not Jesus. That's not what he's talking about in that moment. He's talking about their 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 lineage, their their oh, Hebrew roots. And he's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what always is. And to have Jesus even reference Jacob to show that redemption yeah, that yeah. God was using, even in his wandering, even in his waking up and going, I wasn't even aware God was here. I mean, how many times have we been in places and been like, oh my gosh, God was already at work or God was doing this and I was never aware of it. I see it now, but I didn't see it then. And now, God, I want to know you more. Tell me your name. Tell me more of you. He has all this wrestling inside, a limp. And yet Jesus says, my father says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's crazy, man. Well, one thing you talked about a minute ago that just all these bells were going off is you're in the never-ending story, so you're talking about the Old Testament, but then you said people want the New Testament. But the New Testament, it's the same story. So the Apostle Paul's story is the same exact story of Jacob's story, right? And so he thinks he has it all figured out. (laughs) He's doing his own thing, heading down to Damascus, has this encounter with God that literally brings him to his knees, and he sees the power and might. He's blinded. We know the whole story, right? He's blinded by God. He sees himself for who he is. He gets a chance to see God for who he is. He has a name change. You're no longer Saul. You are now Paul. Saul meant uh, the, the powerful and mighty. All of a sudden, Paul means the weak and small. And so he sees himself in comparison to God. Well, then what happens, though, is that even in Paul's life, he has this thing, this wound. We don't know what it is. A thorn in his but, flesh. But he comes three times to God and says, take this from me, take this from me. And God doesn't. And so then Paul says, well, I'm going to revel in this. Because this weakness, this place of pain is actually where I find my strength. And again, I don't know what Paul's deal was, but we know that Paul said prior to being a follower of Jesus, he was the most prideful, arrogant, religious man that existed. Maybe it was just the pride that kept swelling up in his life. Maybe as he journeyed, he started thinking he was the best Jesus follower. I I don't know. He's human, right? We put him kind of in in a classification, but he's human. And no matter what it is, he's coming and he's saying, whatever reason, this pain is necessary so that it keeps me in a humble position of seeing God for who he is. And so I'm going to I'm going to celebrate this weakness. I need this in my life. And I think that's what we have to see sometimes in the areas that we look back that have caused pain that we even see as a weakness is if I didn't have these, what is my tendency? My tendency is to drift. My tendency is to start to become the God of my life to make decisions. And if it isn't for these moments, if it isn't even for that pain, no matter how much it, it was in my life, it is this reminder that something happened there. That changed me forever. And that pain is that reminder of I cannot do this life without him. I've, mm-hmm. I've tried before. And, and again, I, I've wrestled through it. And I, I did come out victorious, but I came out victorious in him. And somewhat, something there in that wrestling moment died. Now, I had to let something go, release something, whether that was control, pride, power, a wound, a past, a sin. God, God got something from me in that moment that he needed to get out of me. Yeah. So that he could take me further in, yeah. in, in, in my life. And I think that's true for all of us. That's good, October man. October 29th, we're going to talk about Saul's conversion. Yeah. And yeah. the never-ending story. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we'll be there. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so that's crazy. But it's the same story. I mean, you were talking about every story. The it's the same story over again. You yeah. know, yeah. Again, why is the name change so yeah. significant? But why does Paul even see the Think about this way as we, as we, you know, kind of pull this in is he renames them Israel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From that point on, it's the nation of Israel. Yep. It's the Israelites. It's the, and it's the it's chosen huge. people of God. Yeah. And, he, and he starts it with Jacob, not with Isaac, and not Easy. even with Abraham. Now, obviously, it all starts with Abraham. Yeah. But the name change comes, and all of us, when we've truly encountered God, have that name change moment. 
our name doesn't change on a birth certificate. But as Chad said yesterday, you know, just joking around, like, I'll go back home and I have my wife with me and we'll walk through the mall and I'll meet friends from high school. And I can't count the amount of times they will say things to my wife like, I would have never, ever thought your husband was going to be a pastor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, you know, those moments. And yeah. they're true because we were rascals, you know. Yeah. We were the kids that got kicked out of camp, retreats, sent home from pastors. retreats. And our, our dad's a pastor. Like, and, you know, and my next boss at, in Georgia was our youth pastor yeah. at the time, you know. So for him to even, like, hire us and bring That's us crazy. on his team, we were the ones that were always giving the most trouble. And yet somehow when we finally bent that knee, and I don't, I don't think people realize what that truly is. I think that's the final piece of stubbornness in people's hearts mm-hmm. is the amount of times they have an opportunity to come bend a knee. And like the whole new generation thing is like, I don't come to the altar. I don't come down there and pray. I just do it here. Like God can work anywhere. So I'm not trying to like over-spiritualize a certain place. But I can tell you for myself, and I think for these guys, there was that moment where I had to walk down an aisle feel that weight of people around me not knowing why i'm going there and bend that knee and bow my head into the ground before god to say here i am and i'm yours now and what i've been holding on to wrestling with i can't do that any longer i'm giving it to you Yeah. yeah my thing is it's understanding that weakness is okay and that for me, the whole thing you taught yesterday, Tad, it was all good. And I think it tied very well. But the whole thing for me yesterday was the illustration of you carrying your daughter down mm. the beach. Yeah, I mean, to me, that was like, because that's where so many people, and if we all have kids, right? And so, but that to me was the best illustration of at some point, your will is stronger than hers. Yeah. That's right. And God's will it's is good. stronger than ours. God so always wins. Always. <laughs> always. And so it's right. it's like it took you a mile. You know, and I've got, I mean, y'all know my kids, right? So, yeah. I mean, I got the same thing at my house where it's like it's it's understanding that that God's will always wins out. Yeah. Some, just, and sometimes a mile looks mile? 40 years exactly. or 50 years. You know what I mean? I mean, that's I mean, exactly. the truth, right? But and the humbleness is, as a parent, I'm not God. So if yeah. I look at my kid and just go, my will is stronger than yours. I will win and break you. Yeah, That's not what God is doing to us. No. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, what I have to do is look at myself through my kids' eyes and go, yep, the way they're acting to me right now is the same way I act to God. That's exactly yeah. right. And it humbles you. That's you right. know, so when my, my kids are disrespectful or disobedient, yeah. yep. I have to first catch myself and go, how disrespectful and disobedient am I to God sometimes yeah. in That's my right. own life? Instead of the other way, like, well, I'll play God with my kids. Because yeah. it's always that humility that keeps you. That's yeah. right. That's good. That's good, man. That's good illustration. Wow. Like that. That's really good. And, I, and, you know, one thing I always, going back to just the name, um, I've, I've always, and I don't know where I heard this, but um, whenever Jesus or, or God asks a question to somebody, I don't necessarily believe that it's because he doesn't know. I, I feel like it's more of what do you see? Like, right. what is your answer out of that? Yeah. You know, and so when he's asking Jacob, like, what is your name? Like, and you, you, you referred to that. It's, yeah. he was referencing what he knew in his life. It, it, it wasn't that God didn't know who he was. Right. It just, I want to know who you think you are. That's right. You know? That's and, right. and, and, and so we see, you know, that Jacob was just like you yeah. said, Chad, faithful, but flawed. Yeah. The, yeah the, the, right. the, wrapping this up, the, the cool part, just a little connection here is it's almost, 
almost the same question in the garden. Where are you? Mm, exactly. That's right. Yeah, right. That's right. Yep. For Adam and Eve, when God shows was, up and they've yep. sinned, they've hit. It's not that where he are you? Know and who are you? Yeah. And, and when I say that, like, oh, you're thinking in English terms. No, I'm talking about in the Hebrew language. Like, it's almost the same question: Where are you? Who are you? Yeah. Type of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good. These are the three questions I think Johannes was talking about when he was here. Where are you? Where's your Where's your brother? And then what is your name? Yeah. yeah. First three questions in the yeah. Bible that, like, yeah. you know, that's that God asked someone. Wow. Well, I, th- I think, uh, again, just wrap it up. I think when we wrestle with God, oftentimes we're looking for instant resolution. Yeah. And I think it's like, why did I wrestle? Why did I go through this pain? And I think what we discover and that Jacob had to discover is that God wanted to establish a relationship with him. And I think at the end of the day, that's what he wants to ultimately establish yeah. is that I want a relationship with you. And so we come out of this and immediately we go through pain. And immediately I'm looking for like, why did I go through that? Immediately. And sometimes it's like, just to get closer to God, yeah. just just to be more dependent on him. And so we tell our church all the time um, that we believe you want to live a blessed life, you want to see God honor. There's two things throughout all of God's story that he always honors, and that's faith and obedience. Mm. And I don't mean momentary. God wants, God wants us to be people who trust him and who walk obediently towards him, good, bad, and different. And I think that really is the ultimate thing that we see that you can kind of you could go through each story in the Bible and say, when you saw God bless, it was because the people moved in faith and they were obedient to God. And you want God to bless your life? That's the fertile ground for God to begin to do a work in your life is faith and obedience. That's good. And I say it's not just a single act. It's walking That's right. in faith. Discipline. It's walking in obedience. That's right. Because people right. say, well, I have faith. Yeah, yeah. I obeyed. It's like, yeah, yeah but you're not walking. Yeah. In it. That's right. I spoke to the team yesterday. And I'm momentarily, yeah. and I'm momentarily man. I heard you yeah. stole it from yeah. you. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the thing. Anybody's ever in Burlington, North Carolina, yep. Raleigh, <laughs> Greensboro, yep. Hope Church. Hope Church. Burlington, Hope Church. Hope Church. Dot com. Hope Church NC.com. NC.com. Yeah. yeah. That's where you go. check them out. Pastor Tad's throwing fire. 17 years I've been there, Pastor, man. So it's pretty crazy. 17 years. Younger than me, but started in church before. Yeah, it started. Yeah, it's like my younger brother. It's been a journey. I always try to like do stuff first before me. Have kids before before me. Too stubborn to quit. (laughs) Too stubborn to give up. Before you go, before you go, tell a little bit just about about your wife, your kids. A little bit. We haven't. We talked about you guys a lot, but yeah. So me and Becky been married almost eighteen years in June. Uh, I got four kids: uh, fourteen, twelve. 10 and 8, Brogan, Maisie, Lula, and Keaton. Yep. Uh, so our life is full, man. Uh, they're all over the map from inspiring white rappers yeah. uh, to basketball and baseball bro. and soccer. Nice. <laughs> but um, in Genesis, our thing, we love family first. You know yeah, I mean? so that's, that's right. that's the big thing. Oh, so. no, family first, man. Yeah. I mean, I think just growing up in ministry, I think for, for Tim as well, Chad, do a good job as well. And I, I know Genesis has that heart. We have the heart of our church is, I mean, we are, we are family first. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, family's going to be here through thick or thin and yeah. and uh ministry is always going to be available but 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 family you know yeah. in seasons That's, right yeah. but but family's here so Super yeah good, and he man. brought keaton with him as youngest yeah so, i got keaton uh, with me man. He's a trip. That's fantastic so, yeah, man Thanks for being here. this has yeah, been so uh, a legendary one episode <laughs> 10 <laughs> only 10 in we got a lot more so though. good man Don't so good um, appreciate you guys just coming in. Uh, it's been a treat. I mean, I, I'm almost on the front row seat of just listening to you guys just really spill that knowledge and wisdom. But uh, again, guys, join us live, man. All of this takes place coming from our live services, 930 and 11, Genesis Church, Orlando.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well, Post Sunday Podcast. But uh, looking forward to getting back with you guys next week as we'll be with Pastor Chad talking about 
the amazing Joseph. So, and then you're following up. With I'm that. following up with that, man. So I get to start these stories, but I don't get to end them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Uh, jo- uh, what is it? Joseph uh, sold. Sold. And I'm I- him being sold. That's going to be so good. So, All right, guys. Well, hope you guys were blessed. We'll Thank see you, you back here next Thank week. You. Grace and peace. listening to the post sunday podcast presented by genesis church a place to go further discover more and to learn things you possibly never have be sure to follow us on instagram facebook and youtube at genesis church orlando and at post sunday podcast till next time grace and peace to all of you